Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most cowardly podcast network. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And for this episode, we watched Scream. Scream is a 1996 slasher film directed by Wes Craven and written by Kevin Williamson. It follows the character of Sidney Prescott, a high school student in the fictional town of Westboro, California, who becomes the target of a mysterious killer in a Halloween costume known as Ghostface. What a great movie. Really good. What a good time. Ah, this movie hit so many notes. It was both weirdly funny at times, but genuinely scary. It's it's again one of those things where Wes Craven loves what he does and he knows what he does so well in yeah. in lesser hands this movie idea would be garbage but this is a guy who loves horror movies and slashes so much that all of that just mm. it's it's a bit like watching the shape of water and you watch the shape of water and you're like fuck where del toro loves making movies this is the same i've said that before i'm pretty sure but it's the same thing yeah. you watch this and you're like where's craven knows yeah, his yeah, yeah. shit and he loves his shit that's a great point tom because I mean, I reckon often you will find a director makes a movie just because it's like, yeah, I'll make that, or they don't have that mm. passion. Like, I know that after Ryan Johnson did Knives Out, everyone was like, oh, you've done so many different genres. What's next? We'd love it if you did a horror film. And he went, yeah, I, I, like, I get that. But growing up, I never had that love for horror movies. So I will very likely never do one. And I think that's such a good approach. Yeah. Like Wes Craven obviously just loves it so much that he lives it. Mm. And like, I mean, there's a reason why he's like basically the yeah. master yeah. of the genre. Yes. Or was. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. If he went off and did a romantic comedy, you wouldn't be happy about that. You'd be very disappointed. <laughs> I think I'd be interested. If, if Wes Craven tomorrow released a romantic comedy, I'd be buying tickets. I mean, I couldn't because the cinemas are closed, but I'd be buying tickets. <laughs> Has there been uh, a horror movie that is also a romantic comedy where one of the two parties of the romantic comedy is the murderer? There's that, um, yeah, yeah, um, the Mike Myers one. I married, an, so you married an ex-murderer, or I married an ex-murderer, or my wife. Oh yeah, good. That one. I think the premise of that is that he's not sure if his new wife is a serial killer or not. Cool. That's good. That's a good premise. Trust Mike Myers to do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just this when you think about it too, like. We talk about how it's clear that he loves it, but the fact that like 
this these days having films that are self-aware and self-referential mm. isn't new. But this would have like again, this would have blown my blown my tiny little mind had I've seen this at the for the first time and it was the first like at the cinema. Mm. Cause it's it's so defining. Like it's crazy. Yeah, Tom, you mentioned that a couple times while we were watching it. That imagine being there back what Damo, what year did it come out? Ninety six. In ninety six when this stuff was happening for the first time. Because, yeah, a lot of it now is commonplace mm. because it's become a trope of, of the genre. But to see it for the first time, you've got to respect that. Like, mm. even, even having experienced a lot of those tropes, it still holds up so well. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, completely agree. And, like, even, again, doing my research today, I, I a lot of people, like, basically it came at a point where horror was kind of, beginning to die off there was a lot of straight to vhs sort of horror movies coming out nothing was hitting the the big screen and actually making waves or anything like that and then scream came on board and everyone was crazy for horror again it was just like it literally reinvigorated the genre and that's that's i think you look at it like every time i feel like Wes craven's on those things anytime there's something cool and interesting to be done you look at like nightmare Mm. on elm street and then he comes back and he redoes Nightmare by making it refer to itself. Mm. He does Scream. There are, and even then when, um, I think in the early, maybe 2010, he did Scream 4, which we will watch, boys. Mm. But um, <laughs> he basically took the thing and by that stage, Scream had become like, oh, yeah, we get it. But he upped the ante again. Like he went, yep, yeah, no, you know what Scream is. Yeah. This is what Scream is. Like every time it always... It's 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 very mm. good. It's very self-aware. And the fact that he, again, and I think it's one of those things is you get a lot of filmmakers and writers and people fall into traps because they go, oh, I'm going to take this thing and make it different and cool and edgy. And it's like, yes, yeah. but you need to love it in order to do that. If you just come in and go, I'm just going to do something cool and edgy because fuck. Like best example I can think of is someone like mm. George R. R. Martin, right? He loves fantasy. So when he wrote a Game, of, Game of Thrones, the first book, he sat down and he went, right, this is how I'm going to write this. I'm going to take all of the things that people love about fantasy and I'm going to blow them up mm. and I'm going to put them back together again. Yeah, exactly right. And I think it is that love of the genre that really that really comes through. Um, and the, the writer, Kevin Williamson, uh, clearly is a huge fan of the genre. Hence the reason he wrote a movie that was purposefully playing on all the tropes that we knew. Um, and the title for this movie was originally Scary Movie. That's what this movie was originally called. <laughs> <laughs> and was for like... Quite a long time through production, and basically, so the Weinstein brothers um, were not fans of the name, uh, pieces of shit that they are. But anyway, but they cha- they decided to change the title to Scream because they said they were inspired by the Michael Jackson song of the same name, um, and the idea that it could be used for both horror and comedy. Because obviously, like you're like, oh, it was a scream, <laughs> meaning it was really funny, or it was a scream as in we fucking screamed because it was terrifying. So when you look at it, you're like, oh, that's actually a, a pretty good name. Um, and then it's another Kevin Williamson fact that I thought was really interesting. Um, so he was a big fan of the genre and wanted to write something in that area. And he had he, there was a story going around at the time of these grisly murders called the the Gainesville Ripper, which already I'm like, oh, that's terrifying. I don't I don't need any part of that. But anyway, <laughs> he woke up one night. He was staying at this house. Um, I think a friend owned or something like that. And he went downstairs and in the kitchen, the window was open. Oh. And then pretty much all, all the pieces, just like Gainesville Ripper, windows open. I didn't leave that window. And all these pieces sort of fell together. So then he went off and wrote what was basically that opening sequence <laughs> with Drew Barrymore. Ah. Uh. 
Yeah, and so then he basically just shopped that around. So he 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 had the idea that he wanted to be a franchise straight off the bat. So he wrote that, and he wrote up uh, synopsises for basically Scream Two, Scream Three, or at that point, Scary Movie Two, <laughs> Scary Movie Three, which is so weird because obviously now we think of Scary Movie as the parody films, yeah. which rip on this exact movie. It's a crazy, crazy convoluted history. And then yeah, went off and basically just sold it as the franchise it eventually became. That is ballsy. That is that is so ballsy. I respect that a lot. Yeah. I'm so glad he wasn't killed by the Gangsville Ripper. Because <laughs> yeah. that would have been like, he's got this great idea and it stays in his head forever because he got ganked. Right. <laughs> right. His idea basically killed him. Yeah. The first scene's awesome. Yeah, let's talk about that because that was awesome. And it's it's funny, we've talked before about how The Simpsons has been like a gateway into horror for us. But now I'm thinking of it, Scary Movie totally was as well. Yeah. Like so many things I saw in those Scary Movie films. Yeah, it literally is ripped from yeah, these movies. That's, that's right. Because that Scary Movie was pretty much... I could watch those because I knew there was going to be dumb, stupid comedy and not really be that scared. Yeah. Saying that, there were still moments in the Scary Movie movies that I got a little bit scared. <laughs> it's like some of the dumbest ones, but I, can't, I don't even know what movie it's ripping because this is how ignorant I am. But there's one scene in Scary Movie where there's like the clown under the bed and it's crazy huge cock comes out and wraps around someone and drags it under the bed <laughs> and I was just like oh that's not even funny that's just really scary <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> oh man this movie would be so much funnier if the screen the ghost face killer killed people with giant cocks <laughs> I know <laughs> like, instead of stabbing them clown cock just needs to stay the hell away from me 100% like just just think of like the ominous you know, you know how like in like Jaws they have the the Jaws music, or like yeah. even Nightmare on Elm Street you have the claws. You just have like in the background like someone's like walking through a house, and in the background you just hear a vibrator turn on. <laughs> so, like, it's like, oh my god, the dildo killer's here! You just hear, yeah. <laughs> and there's just a very phallic shadow in the background. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny because Wes Craven talked about, you know, with, with Freddy Krueger creating an iconic weapon. He should have done the cock knife in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he did go pretty oh, good by creating the iconic ghost-faced mask that I yeah. think has been parodied and pastiched and used as a Halloween costume a billion times over, which I love that they actually touch on in the film that the costume mm. is so iconic that then people just start wearing it like at the school and they don't know... Principal Henry Winkler doesn't know who's who. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a really good idea because it's like if it, you can literally buy it for $5 at a cheapo store, well, then it could be anybody. Like the idea of anyone could be the murderer, which obviously this sets up because it literally that's one of the rules of scary movies. Anyone could be the murderer. And having a cheap costume that still somehow comes across as scary, such a brilliant yeah. idea. I mean- Let's be honest, not everybody could be the murderer. We also know that if they have a weird long tongue, they are more likely to be the murderer. <laughs> oh, boy. That Shaggy. Tongue. Thing of nightmares. Did he have one scene where Shaggy didn't stick his tongue out? Nope. I, I I'm just assuming so. no. I'm just assuming no. <laughs> yeah. Look, we haven't done a scene-by-scene scene play, but... I'm pretty sure. If you had a drinking game where you took a drink every time Shaggy's tongue came out, you'd be toasted halfway through this film. <laughs> Can easy. you imagine Shaggy... Coming up to the great Wes Craven and been like, oh, I've I've got a bit of an acting choice. I'll surprise you during the scene. <laughs> like Wes Craven obviously must have enjoyed it, yeah. otherwise he would have put an end to it because it's so he must have been aggressively. 
slapping you in the face in every scene that he's in. Yeah. And it, I hate it. I, I think the idea behind it, though, is it's supposed to just make him seem like a cool stoner bro to, I guess, remove yeah, yeah. suspicion that he is, in fact, one of two. That's that's the other thing that is unique about it is that there is not one killer. Mm. There are two. Which, and again, for me, who had not seen this film before, I didn't know how it ended. In fact, Scary Movie had made me think for sure that Officer Dewey was going to be the murderer because I think that's... I think that's how Scary Movie finishes. Yep. So I, that's what I was predicting the whole way. And I generally did not know the ending. And partially because, yeah, I'm thinking, well, there's just going to be one. The two killers, it's like, it's such an obvious, easy way to do things because you can have one person in one scene and the murderer in the same scene and go, oh, well, they can't be them. I, like, it's such a good way to throw the audience off the track. And they even play at you by having, um, what is, what's Nev Campbell's boyfriend's name? I can't remember. Billy. Billy. Billy seemed like so obviously creepy and a killer, mm. but in your mind, you're like, oh, well, he can't be because the killer was there and Billy was there. Like, it doesn't match up, yeah. even though he's so in your face with how creepy he is. Yeah. Infuriating. Yeah. And then he gets stabbed. So you're like, well, it's definitely not him. He's yeah, dead. He's yeah. dead. Yeah, exactly right. Do they explain that away with tomato sauce? Uh, corn syrup. Yeah. Literally, they use, they, yeah. it's the fake blood that Hollywood uses because, again, yeah. it's self-aware, it's, so it knows- yeah. Yeah, it's so self-referential. Like, there's even a scene where um, Jamie Kennedy's character, Randy, is sitting on the couch watching Halloween and he's telling Jamie, look behind you, Jamie, look behind you. And his name, his actual real-life name is Jamie. Like, it's so self-referential. With one- yeah. And behind him is the ghost face Ghostface killer. behind him, exactly. <laughs> Very good. But I even love how they do that where Courtney Cox has come in and put, like, a you know, secret camera mm. But the thing with that is that because of the video, it's on a 30-second delay, mm. which is oh, yeah. really beautifully as well. It's really clever. It's good. It's it's that the bit when the, the camera guy realizes, oh, no, it's on a delay, and then gets stabbed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Very well done. And, like, yeah, they utilize stuff like that very well. And for a film that, like, it, it obviously, because it is so self-referential and it does have moments of comedy, it, I, I think it, it almost would have gone into... It could have so easily just sl- slid into... Being just a comedy and a bit, well, not actually scary, but it was actually scary. Like that opening scene with Drew Barrymore is just awful. It's purposefully horrific. Yeah. Well, there's some really terrifying, even like anytime that there's someone who's actually in danger, there's like spooky jump scares, there's some horrific deaths. So, again, it does that thing where horror and comedy are on the same highway. Yeah. yeah. They just turn off at different exits. Scream gets back on the highway <laughs> on the other side and then keeps just going around right. in a loop like on one of those like LA freeways that just go in a circle. <laughs> but even just on that, even on that playing with, you know, comedy and horror is even that, you know, Ghostface sometimes is just like really inept. Mm. Like he's trying to get somebody and he trips over like a goofball or gets easily yes. thrown away. But then other times yep. he's extremely good at what he's doing, which is killing people. Yeah. And I think that when we watched this, we just had the theory that, that's obviously when both guys are playing Ghostface. Yeah. So, like yep. Shaggy, the stoner, is probably the idiot goofball one that keeps getting pushed around, yeah. and the other one's the one who's probably killing. Yeah, people. he's a bit more passionate about the killing and a bit more, a bit more, yeah. able to not trip over something every time he tries to kill somebody. Yeah. <laughs> you just know that Shaggy's getting distracted behind that mask because he's he's annoyed that his tongue isn't able to. Get <laughs> or he's through it. he's actually sticking his tongue. He's just licking the inside he's of try- the mask every time he tries to talk. It's probably got like toxic plastic on the inside, and he's probably getting like real droopy because he keeps. Licking it. 
Oh, man. Uh, also, it also helps that, again, uh, with this, you, you're, you're sort of main cast. Mm. You care about them. Like, you care about Neve Campbell. You care yeah. about Dewey. You care about... Like, you eventually come around to, to the... Um, Oh, what the name of the journalist is completely... Escaped. I've forgotten every character's name. So her Just, name her name yeah. is Gail Weathers. That's right, Gail. <laughs> Gail. Yeah. So you, you, you care about them. You care about um, Tatum, um, who's played by Rose McGowan. You care about all these people. You care about Randy. Yeah. So that when they're in danger, you're on board. You want these people to survive. Rewatching this movie reminded me that, holy shit, I had a big crush on Neve Campbell, and I don't think it's completely gone. <laughs> That's fair enough, Tom. <laughs> yeah. You were so we watched this together, and Tom was mostly getting quite hot under the collar about Neve Campbell more than scared. I would say. I tell you what, we we I've had the last few movies we've watched. I've I've had had a cold shower. Johnny Depp's crop top now. Neve Campbell's. <laughs> it's all been happening. Such such a confusing range of emotion <laughs> taking place there. Uh. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna both ask and answer this question. Were we scared? For me, definitely yes. Yeah, me too. Yep. 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 Yeah. The jump scares are still there. The jump scares 100% do everything they're meant to do. And then that opening sequence with Drew Barrymore. And again, we're talking about if you'd seen this for the first time um, and you knew Drew Barrymore was on it. And even I think I read that the advertising before the movie came out was plugging Drew Barrymore as kind of the lead. You were meant to think she's our protagonist. Great. We're going to follow her story. And so, first of all, the phone call is done very well because the person is so like charming in a weird way, and it, oh yeah, it's a bit playful, very playful, and then even asking about the scary movies, and then all of a sudden, it just turns on a dime, and all of a sudden, you're like, oh no, this is legit, and he can see her, and this is fucking horrible. And then that first scene also contains probably the goriest moments of the whole film, I reckon, because there's the boyfriend who gets like eviscerated, and then later, when first, first when Drew Barrymore is like trying to scream to her parents who have just showed up. Oh, that she's had her throat cut. Killed me. Yeah. Just had her throat cut. The parents are just there. She's like crawling to, oh, just the worst. And then they come out and see her hung from a tree, likewise eviscerated with just all her internal organs hanging out. That's pretty fucked. It's the kind of scene, isn't it, where it's like something brutal happens and you go, all right, well, that's it. But then yeah. another brutal thing gets stacked on top of that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. <sighs> Do you reckon she would have survived if she had um, a Titanic-style whistle? <laughs> I think she would have survived if she got the question right. Mm. Oh. She passes the first two questions, and then the third question is, who kills people on Friday the 13th, and she gets it wrong. Mm. 
Um, I reckon. Look, I'm just saying, if she got them all right, she knew her trivia, she'd still be here. I don't reckon. They've already killed the boyfriend. <laughs> nah, probably not. <laughs> yeah. They've got a taste for it. Nah. Yeah. They're hungry. Shaggy's got his tongue out like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> what I what I love too, we talked about how it refers and talks about other movies, but it even talks about like the classic urban legends, like the call just coming from inside the house, the babysitter all alone. Because the, the story of the babysitter all alone is that she, at the end she walks out and the kids are hanging from the trees oh, with their guts out. The the news guy on top of the roof of the car with his like head on the yeah, like yeah. those are all like classic spooky urban legends. Mm. Heard it from a friend of a friend type shit. Yeah. Um, so again, where's Craven? Loves his shit. Yeah. Oh, well, there's even you just reminded me. There was even that line that Rose McGowan did where she said um, uh, it's something like from a Wes Carpenter film. <laughs> <laughs> She's so great pairing Wes Craven and John Carpenter. Very. Good. Her death is brutal. Yeah, the doggy door. It yeah. also doesn't feel deserved. I will say this. Her death feels unfair because she does the best job. She kicks the mm. shit out of that dude and then... Yeah. Trapped just, by boobs. Trapped by boobs. Her boobs. Yeah. Her boobs get stuck in the window. Is that right? But the no, they get stuck door. in the little doggy door. She can't pull the, the rest door. of herself through. Yeah. Yep. Brutal. And then her head gets fucking bam Crunched. in the garage door. Yeah. So, yeah, for <sighs> me, this is definitely a scary movie, which it was <laughs> billed as and meant to be. Um and and generally, like I said, because I didn't know who the murderer was, it was a bit of a fuck. I don't know who's going to die, and anyone can die. And having Drew Barrymore die early on, you're like, yeah, anyone can probably die, except for Eve <laughs> yep. Campbell, because I kind of knew she was in the sequels. But other than that, well, what they do really nicely there is that you even you have Randy talking about the rules of horror films. These are the things you shouldn't mm. do, and so far, all the characters have done the things they shouldn't, and they get punished for it. And then he says, um, and if you have sex, you're done. And as he's saying that, Neve Campbell's having sex with her boyfriend upstairs. And you're like, right. oh, no. Oh, she's, oh, Neve. she's broken the rule. Oh, she's in trouble. Yeah. But, of course, she bucks the trend. And because, you know, she literally says that thing, this isn't your story. Did or she this she isn't- bucks the trend? <laughs> I said bucks, but she also fucks the trend. Um, <laughs> she said, what's, what's the throwaway line she gives? This this isn't the way the story goes, or this is my story, or yeah, uh, whatever. Yeah. This is my movie, or something like that. It's good. Yeah, it's a good line. Whatever it is, it's really good. It works. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, did did she and the rest of the cast act wisely or foolishly? I think she acted pretty realistically. Yeah, realistically is a good word. She wasn't like switched on to the point where I was like shocked by how capable she was or anything. But right. she was, as things were thrown at her, I, yeah, I didn't, you know how sometimes you lose respect for a character if they mm. act like a moron? Yeah. There wasn't really any of that that I can remember. I think she did a pretty good job. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, and I think to be like, like, yes, I think all the characters actually behave pretty cleverly because when they're fighting them off, they are technically fighting two teenage boys. Yeah. Yeah. Who are not experts at this they're both just insane and weird yeah um so like you know her being able to kick the shit out of them makes sense the fact that tatum is able to get a couple of mm. good hits in makes sense yeah randy's the cleverest he knows how the game works yeah 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 it's all I, I agree with all that um and i do like that that the, they weren't sort of superhero bad guys they we like we said they're tripping over shit all the time. Like they were kind of clumsy murderers, but ultimately we'll, they're just yeah. two assholes in a mask. They're just two like- assholes in a mask, right? Exactly. Oh boy. I will say this. Yeah. There is one character though who sadly does not behave cleverly, and that is Deputy Dewey. <laughs> <laughs> is a dumb fuck. 
Bless that dumb, beautiful man. Yeah, I thought oh, he was. I, I love yeah. him. I thought he was going to be the bad guy, but mainly just because of the way that he looks. <laughs> like he looked really you know seedy. Loved? You know. Yeah. I loved Sean while we were watching this movie. You turned to us at one point and you were like, Courtney Cox made this movie where David Arquette looks and behaves like that and she married him. Yes. <laughs> She's the real hero. Good on her. Yeah, well done, Courtney Cox. Yeah. So I even, uh, I even his read character's great. The Dewey was meant to be like a buff, kind of heartthrobby <laughs> police officer, okay. right? Except yeah. I think I think it was yeah. Wes Craven who wanted David Arquette for some reason. He obviously just liked him. But then once David Arquette like came in to read lines, they're like, "All right, now nah, fuck it, he's a goofball because <laughs> we, we can't have it any other way." He's perfect though. The fact that he's not that yeah. great, and but he's responsible looking into this makes like perfect sense. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It kind of like it almost breaks your heart because he does like he generally comes across like he really cares, but he's also just so incompetent. You're like, ah, oh, like he's he's so much more of a memorable character because of it. Mm. Yeah, he's got a great mustache too. A <laughs> good mustache, yeah. <laughs> Gail Weathers liked it. Oh, Gail hey, she was did. All over that shit. At yeah, first, she... I thought she was just kind of playing him, but then I'm like, oh no, she's mm. really into him, and I don't yeah. know why. <laughs> I, I don't get it, but I guess I'm happy for him. Yeah. Uh, she wears some outlandish stuff too. That that fluoro green pantsuit she's got on at one point is oh. just <laughs> wow. What's going on? It is next level. Like she's already on the news. You're being seen. You don't need to wear that. <laughs> All right, well, if, if the murderers are just two dumb idiots, how would three dumb idiots do against them? How would we fare in this, in this movie? Boys, I want to put it to you this way. Damo, if you, if you don't mind, can I reframe the question? Okay, please. Okay. So, because the heroes are pretty good, in this version, how would we do if we were the ghost face killers? Oh, Tommy. All right. Oh, shit. Okay. Because... As you said, Damo, we are dumb idiots and the killers are dumb idiots. I don't think we'd go too great. Oh, that's very good. I can tell you that we wouldn't because we don't, we're, not, we're good boys. We're not capable of, no. of doing what the job requires. Yeah. Well, let's, so we fail. Let's straight away, I want to talk about motive for a minute because I think you're right, Carnes. I don't think any of us could draw up enough tragedy to have a decent motive. So one thing we haven't spoken about that I do actually want to bring up is that the killer's motive in this movie, uh, they they did something really clever where they both wanted to have their cake and eat it too. So the studio wanted um, they wanted a resolution to the movie, as in they wanted a reason for why the murderer was doing what they were doing. Whereas Williamson, who was originally wrote it, thought it was more scary for the killer not to have a reason. They just wanted to kill people. So then they had both, where Billy did it because. Uh, Neve Campbell's mum slept with her dad and he blames her for breaking up his family and then old tongue face Shaggy just did it for the sake of doing it or peer pressure as he said at one point <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> I don't know if we have a motive to be able to do it like even if we were like holding knives and we're like sucking ourselves up we're like come on yeah we're gonna do this and then we'll just be like oh no i can't do it i can't do it i can't do it you know the bit near the end where they're where they're like stabbing each other oh yeah that was brutal. we just wouldn't be able to do it like yeah. one of us would nick the other one and then we'd all faint I reckon. <laughs> no i'm okay with blood yeah. and then end I'm... up in prison <laughs> oh yeah we, we get arrested and die like okay the ending of the movie is largely the same i guess the question is what's our body count by the end of it <laughs> oh zero <laughs> i think it's zero the most I think, unless uh, we might accidentally kill ourselves, and then it's right. not zero. 
Or if we're chasing someone with a knife and we trip over and we accidentally kill them that way. But then I think I'll just spend, like, I'll just apologise to the corpse until someone found me, basically. <laughs> we are no good. We are bad. Really <laughs> bad. Over Look, are we bad enough to be arrested by Officer Dewey? Oh, okay. Nah, we're going to live forever. No, because he wouldn't Cause... assume there's three of us. <laughs> right. right. We've got a leg up on Billy and Old Mate because there are only two of them, but there <laughs> yeah. are three of us. Okay, I think we could probably get one kill in and then, yep. and then we're done. Probably like one and then like we come up with a really clever plan about how to do the next one and it just doesn't work and then we all turn up to kill Henry Winkler at the principal's office and it's like, <laughs> Sean, I'm supposed to... No, no, Damo, yeah. I'm... Su- and he's just standing there like... Sean, is that your name? And your name's Damon and your name's Tom. <laughs> yeah. You're the scaredy boys from the podcast that I listen to. Oh, uh, uh, and then we like right. become famous as the scaredy boy killers. I think we fail at everything. Mm. If anything, if there's probably one in the body count and it's probably Dewey. Dewey probably yeah. catches us and then we accidentally kill him somehow. Yes, I could see that yep. taking place for sure. Mm. <laughs> he kills himself by accident. Chasing us. Oh, yeah. Actually, we, we he catches us. We surrender and hand him our knives, which have our fingerprints on them, and he accidentally kills himself, and that's still our fault. <laughs> With all three. He trips and falls on all three knives. Yeah. <laughs> the cops get there, and they're like, we're looking for three three idiots. <laughs> Their fingerprints are all over these knives. Yeah, that's us, sir. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> and uh, this mask we found just has saliva all on the inside. Like, one of them was just licking it over and over again. I don't understand. Well, I think Matthew Lillard is the only one we could kill because we'd get so fucking annoyed with his tongue hanging out of his mouth all the time that I think we could over... That's our motive. We're just like, put your tongue back in your mouth. Stab, stab, stab. We cut the tongue out and then the Gail Weathers and the media catch wind of it and we become the tongue boys in the media. <laughs> the tongue boys has to be the worst serial killer name oh, you can ever have. So- like that, you can just see like the newspaper just has tongue kiss of death from the tongue boys. <laughs> the tongue boys. <laughs> oh man, we yeah, oh, we're man. no fucking good. Okay, well then we all just get arrested. That is how this this plays out. <laughs> yeah, probably. Oh uh, well, that is all the scary talk we have for this episode. I've been Damien. I've been Sean. And I've been Tom. And if you scary listeners have any comments or would like to say hi or just, just want to send a nice chat to the Tongue Boys, uh, you can email us at 3scaredboys at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at scaredyboys or individually, I'm at Midday Pajamas. I'm at Psychic of Dowie. And I'm at Orchid Trade. Stay scared, everyone. You've just been tongued by the Tongue Boys. 